This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Yes. Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly Coming to you live from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area. I gotta change that so it says in caverns, deep below the metro. I don't area. understand why. Why does it? Why do we gotta be in caverns? We're, we're in. Everybody knows we're in a cavern if we're deep below the metro area. Stalactites and stuff. We could be in the sewers. I want them to know we're not Ninja Turtles. Okay, we're not in the sewers. It's we're in a cave. It's cover to cover. It's Saturday, November sixth, and my name is Matt Bunk. I'm really tired of fighting with you today. That's two fights we've had Too already bad. today. Too bad. I am the Internet's Joe Patrick. It says so right there underneath my picture. Thanks, Matt Bomb, for fixing it for me. And here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock Central Time, it's sometimes standard. It's sometimes daylight. Don't listen to Matt. Yeah, he daylight standard daylight every time tomorrow. So get ready. for Yes, that. but you still said standard time on the show this week. Yeah, so. because that's all I told you. I don't recognize daylight savings time. I refuse. It's too bad that you live <laughs> in a state that does. I refuse. We go live on our Facebook page and on Zoom to wrap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course, the question of the week live with you guys. It's you, our listeners, and if it wasn't for you, we would just be fighting nonstop. Yeah, we'd just be fighting on the internet with each other. This is a live show, and we need you to play along. Jump into our Zoom. You can find the link. It's right there in the description of our live stream on the Faces book, or you can call us at 402-819-4894. Click our Facebook call now button to do just that, or you can just chat with us in the Facebook live chat if you want to get in on the action, and if you can't be here live, that's totally chill. Leave us a message, or send an mp3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com, but before we open the phone lines, Joey, we like to do a little bit of uh, what we call nerd news. Thank you for sharing your talent. That was good. Thank you. You know what? Sometimes I like to make sure I'm not hiding my light under a bushel. It's true. Uh, All right. So before we get into the news, just be prepared for potential discussion of the following. Eternals just came out this week. We will not be talking about spoilers for the Eternals. I think I'm going today. I think I'm going That's great. I the spoilers are already rampant yeah. out there. They are almost impossible to avoid. We're not going to add to that. Uh, Star Trek Prodigy. I still have not watched it. I'm sorry. I want to. I forgot. Young Justice, Doom Patrol, Star Girl. Season finale was this week. It's great. It's set up a ton of stuff for season three, and I am pumped. I'm Let's not- get into the meatus of the matter. All right, I'll start us off this week with the madness of the Morbius multiverse. I had to. So many M's. It's great, right? Had to. This had week, to. Sony dropped a new Morbius trailer that looks to pull Jared Leto's vampy anti-hero neck deep into the Spider-Verse with all manner of Easter eggs, suggesting that much like Spider-Man No Way Home, this film will also feature elements from the 90s Sam Raimi Spidey films and the 2000s Garfield Spider films. Now, that was not a Spider-Man starring Garfield. The Jim Davis Spider-Man universe. Yes, the Jim Davis (laughs) Spider-Verse. Joe, are you happy or sad to see that someone dipped their Sony-verse into your MCU? Uh, you know, I'm not uh, because that's kind of what's happening. We we know that that's happening, but people were so confused because it's got it's got elements from all three yeah. universes. 
in the, in the trailer and uh it's pretty weird and people are freaked about it like they're they name drop venom yeah uh there's the oscorp building that's got the logo from the garfield films uh they, there's a, a brief uh glimpse of black cat and the rhino or at least a mention of it in, in, in like a news story uh and and so it's pretty wild uh, that this is what Marvel's doing. I, I, like, I'm, I am a huge fan of multiversal storytelling. I just, I love it. It's weird and and meta and confusing, and I'm all in. Um, I do kind of want there to be like some sort of when all this is kind of done and settled and the fun time is over. I'd like for there to be like a a clear not a hierarchy um like grant morrison's uh like multiverse map right yeah right. definition right okay. uh, like i I'd, I'd like for there to be like a uh uh an understandable structure you know for so that people can go oh yeah this is like it's possible for these characters to meet but these movies take place here these movies take place here yeah i don't want them all co you know like multi, like grant like multiversity you know right it's uh, grant morrison he did that whole map let me ask you this, and I'm not the first person to come up with this or something, but what if this is all a swerve? What if all of this, because like when was the last time we went into a Marvel movie knowing exactly what was going to happen? They teased us with stuff. They said, this looks like this. And we all went, oh my God, it looks like this is going to happen. I feel like they have given us so much of this Spider-Man No Way Home stuff with like shots of Dr. Octopus and shots of that. What if this is all a swerve and that is like five minutes of the movie? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, we're talking like uh, I don't think it's going to be a huge part of the Morbius movie. Um, no, but- that's just it. Like in this, it's just like obviously they tack on a thing where he's like, I'm Venom. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm Dr. Whatever. Yeah. Like, OK. Yeah. Cool. I mean, he makes a Venom joke. Right. Um. So I I'm just starting to I, wonder, do it like do we think we know more than we know? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, uh, well, I obviously I think the Doctor Strange stuff is all about the multiverse because right. that's the name of the movie. But I'm, um, I'm specifically talking about the Sony stuff. Oh, the, 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 okay. So here's a theory that I currently have, uh, and I'm not sure if it's legit. I'm not sure if it makes any sense. But nothing we do on the show makes any sense. But that's, no, it's true. Besides, um, but a, a theory that I have uh, is that. Because of whatever uh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange do in No Way Home, I think that maybe the Marvel universes are overlapping. Yeah, like there's kind of like uh, into this like universe or something, right? Like I don't want to like uh, it, it, it's just uh, it's it's the best touchstone. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So not everybody's read it. It's old. It's it's weird. It's outdated. It, uh, but anyway, you talk about it once um, a month, once a week. <laughs> well, like I know, but it's just it's such a good like it is the right. it is the gold standard for multiverse yes. crossover stories, and so like there is part of the story of. Uh, crisis is that like the multiverse, the anti-monitor is uh, weakening the walls between uh, the universes and they are like literally overlapping. So like characters that don't belong are showing up where they don't belong. Right. Like it's dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm wondering. And maybe not everybody realizes it's a problem. Like, like Spider-Man and Dr. Strange obviously will know it's a problem. Sure. But like if Morbius is set in a, a period of time, uh, thank you, Frank. People still love Crisis. Um, 
if Morbius is set in in a in a time where like the walls between the multiverse uh, are thin. Uh, like you're in a cheap hotel <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, there's a, there is a, there's a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man wanted poster right. on the wall or like maybe you know, like, those are just the like effects, you know? And like, yeah, like maybe they don't know it's a very side story thing and they're just leaking this stuff out there to make fanboys go, oh, woo, God, did you see that? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like, down, I don't think we're going to, like, I don't, I don't think it's going to be an issue in the, um, in the Morbius movie at all i think it's just I, I think it's just um kind of window dressing or easter yeah. eggs if you will i think so too um, and i think but outside I think it's, of this introducing it in doctor strange and the spider-man thing i think that's probably the end of it there as well so uh i just think that it's uh, i think it's hilarious that it's got nerds uh whipped up in oh, a way that hackles um, that perhaps has not happened since uh we thought that bug was uh mephisto <laughs> yeah <laughs> moving on we thought that wallpaper was mephisto <laughs> <All right. laughs> classic art fans rejoice the classic how to draw comics the marvel way is making a comeback unofficial king of comics mark wade is reviving the beloved how to draw comics the Marvel way from the early 1980s with a new updated version. How to create comics the Marvel way, not just draw comics. Yeah, the Marvel we way. don't just draw them anymore. The updated book promises an all new inside look at the unique Marvel storytelling methodology behind its success and the industry's current approach to producing comic books. Now's my chance to quit my brand new job and jump into the exciting and profitable world of Marvel comic books. Yeah, it's just that easy. They got a book for you to follow now. You do this. Boom. Next thing you know, you're drawing the Silver Surfer. There you go. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so this new one will have a cover by Humberto Ramos. It comes out in July of 2022, and it's going to go through every stage of the production process. Uh, not just pencils, but uh, pencils, inks, colors, uh, digital technology. I think there's even stuff in there about like scripting. Um, oh, like, it's all I think here. it's yeah. truly comprehe comprehensive. This is how uh, they make comics today. Right. Basically. And, um, you know, the, the original is near and dear to my heart. My aunt, uh, at, my aunt used to take my sister and I, um, uh, like several Saturdays, uh, to the various Omaha public libraries. Uh, and we'd just hang out and read books. And that was before it just like the one downtown just became like a toilet for, uh, a homeless, know, a giant homeless for, person. for, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so we'd go, uh, there's also, a, there was also a fun little library in South Omaha anyway. Um, and I would check out, like I found how to draw comics, the Marvel way at the library downtown. And it was like a revelation to me as a young, uh, kid that loved to draw that loved comics. Uh, it was by Stan Lee and John Buscema. And, um, I think that this is great. Uh, and like, of course it's not, it's not, um, a replacement for like actually absorbing and understanding the concepts of lots of different kinds of art, but for comic storytelling, it is a great way to kind of get a glimpse at what that's all about. Yeah, how the sausage is made the Marvel way, you know? Ah oh, man, it's so good. I, I, I'm, I'm so excited about this. It's fun. Like, I can't wait to see it. All right, the big story of the week, Humanoids at the Movies! Director Taika Waititi is working on another comic book adaptation, but it's about as far from the MCU as it gets. Waititi will both write and direct a film version of Alejandro Jodorowsky and Mobius's The Inkle which serves as the linchpin for the Jodoverse, as they call it, at Humanoids. 
The now, Jodovers. Here is a brief description of The Inkle, for those who don't know. The Inkle's an epic space opera centered on shabby P.I. John DeFoole, who happens upon a mystical artifact known as The Inkle, an object of great power coveted by many factions across the galaxy. As DeFoole learns of The Inkle's powers and purpose, he, along with the ragtag crew of unlikely cohorts, reluctantly embarks on what begins as an improbable mission to save the universe and slowly becomes a spiritual journey examining the duality and meaning of existence. So, you know, nothing big. <laughs> it's just, you know. No, nah, no, nah, it's small potatoes. Yeah. Small potatoes. Joe, we have dabbled in humanoids comics here and there over the years, but do we even know have enough we though? about this universe to be excited for the upcoming film? I mean, I'm excited. To, I, like, I don't know anything about the Incal. Um, I really don't either. This is a I don't huge know. blank spot, and this is one we right. would definitely have to use our new segment for. That's Flag exactly what I was. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, the, and I don't know if it's pronounced the Inkle. My 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 brain thinks it should be pronounced the Incal, but whatever, because um, they French. Um, but this is widely considered by many to be one of the greatest uh, comic works ever published. Yeah. Uh, it first came out in the late seventies and it's this huge sprawling universe that sprung out a ton of stuff. And uh, Jodorowsky handpicked uh, Taika Waititi for the job. Like there was a video. Uh, it, it wasn't even a trailer. It was just like a three, it was a, like a three minute announcement. Yeah, like video. a tease for the announcement basically. Yeah. Where Jodorowsky is explaining is like, I like if I were uh, 50 years younger, I'd be pissed if somebody else tried to make this movie. But yeah. here I am, 92 years old. What am I going to do? I can't do it. Right. And so uh, like this man, Taika Waititi, is the man for the job. And it's like you can't get a better endorsement than that. No, definitely. And like if you've seen any of Jodorowsky's films, which I very much enjoy. They are weird as hell. <laughs> and he was on a Dune project back in the day before. Like yeah. He was neck and neck with David Lynch for this Dune project. And there is an amazing documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune that I highly recommend. He worked with several different artists coming up with, you know, the imagery that they were going to use in the movies and whatnot. When his project got crushed, they took a lot of that imagery and just used it. He was like, fine, we already created this. Let's use it in the inkle. And the book, I mean, it's Mobius, one of the greatest illustrators of all time. Mm -hmm, so it looks mm -hmm. incredible, but it's not just Mobius. There's so many other people that worked on this that are wildly talented that have come up with this huge, sprawling, incredible looking sci-fi universe. And I've never read it. <laughs> I have never read it either. No and, and like I would, I would love for somebody that's read it. Uh, like if Jason Sachs happens to chime in today, I would love to hear about the Incal. Um, but yeah, like it, it, like he, the dude in this in this video, the dude gets out this thing that looks like a Bible or a dictionary, and I don't mean like the kind you buy at uh, Walden Books, right, or uh, whatever. Uh, it's it was like the kind that you go to the library to look at because it sits on a lectern. Right, it's a tome. Uh, a tome, yes, a tome. Um, it, yeah, it looked like an ancient spell book, and he's like, "Yeah, this is Dune. This yeah. was my Dune. That same, and yeah, this that is same what book is I, in the these were the concepts that we used for the Incal." And um, yeah, it's it was it's a, a huge piece of work that is a huge blind spot for me. I know, uh, and we're gonna uh, fix that. I definitely, I definitely am totally interested in checking it out for Slack issues, uh, our new Patreon segment. I ordered but, uh, the hardcover of the first one this morning. 
So oh, I was like, good. damn it, Lordy, man, get to work. This is ridiculous. Wowee. All right. Yeah, I'm excited. I think I think it's great. Um, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. And it's nice to get excited about something that's not a Marvel movie, you know? It's, yeah. It, like, Definitely. there's lots of there's lots of stuff out there. It's an infinite medium. Right. And they have plans. They said to do more. They So they tend to deal with some major production group. And they're talking about exploring Meta Barons and what's the other one? Megax or something like that. I, I don't know. Oh, Megalex. Yeah. Megalex. Like I've seen these issues for years and years and years. And I just like every time I opened them, I was like, there's a lot of wieners in this. Uh, you know, like not that it, was, it made me uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, but square, I was like, square word, square word balloons, <laughs> weird drawings. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's, it's a huge big deal. And, um, I'm 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 hyped to check it out finally for the first time ever. I did pick up Final Inkle back in the day because Jose Ladron worked on it and I was I like I love Ladron. I am not ready to read this. Like from page 1 I was just like nope, need to read a bunch of other stuff first. Right, yeah, it's called the Final Inkle. Yeah. I know, I just wanted to get it because of Ladron. That's enough of us rapping though. Let's get these phone lines open so we can talk to these kids, but first I need you to reset this question of the week cuz I can't remember what it was for the life of me. It's all right, I got it. Question of the week came from Josh Richter via the THN forums. What comic creator did you discover before they hit the big time? Did you catch a young Frank Miller on Weird War Tales back in 1978? Did you read 2000 AD back in the day and come across a baby-faced Grant Morrison? Did you use to babysit a 10-year-old Greg Land as he traced the underwear section of the Sears catalog? <laughs> to put it in hipster terms... What comic book creator were you into before it was cool? I love it. It's a great question. Let's get it these is phone lines question. open. We're going to go straight to Mr. Clay Staley. I'm asking to amuse you. Oh, the nickname. Clay, the nickname Staley. I can't believe this guy showed up. Clay, hey, what's there? up? There he is. How are we, hey. sir? You- <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah? I, uh, I was like seconds away from, from calling in two weeks ago. Yeah, and then uh, we were supposed to load our, our puppy into the car and she got out in the backyard. So I had two headed nerd on uh, streaming on my phone while I'm running around the backyard chasing a, a puppy. That That's will the not best way to do it. That is the, <laughs> the best way to do it. For, for that true experience. Yeah, you know, sure. How it's intended. <laughs> what are we rapping about today? Well, I, I, I wanted to see if you guys have had your fill of Dune talk. No, uh, we've no way, barely man. had any. Uh, because uh, it's what I had been looking forward to probably the most for two years. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I'm a relatively new comic nerd, but I am a long time Dune nerd. Same here. Uh, and have read all the prequels and, oh, yeah. and sequels and everything. Oh, yeah. And uh, when you get into uh, the Brian Herbert stuff, it gets lame fast. <laughs> I, I honestly loved it. I also, loved, um, I weirdly sexy is what I hear. Yeah. Like very erotic uh, in those yeah. later books. Oh, the the later ones. Yeah. Yeah. The the prequels are fairly dry world building and I love it. (laughs) If they had put out just a textbook that's uh, like like uh, George R. R. Martin did for Game of Thrones, I I would have bought that in a heartbeat. The prequel audio books are perfect if you're having trouble sleeping. Oh, okay. <laughs> they just rock you to sleep with their extremely highbrow dry sci-fi <laughs> i i love it i make it as dry as possible oh yeah i, I want to take i want to make a report on it totally i, I want to <laughs> yeah. i could see take like a quiz a heat chart you know of where like their characters yeah, yeah. popping up i'm in <laughs> <laughs> what'd you think uh, of the movie but- though what'd you think i i personally loved it i i, I did too i, I did mean too. my only my only uh 
criticism is is what is usually the opposite of my criticism on most of these things is just that there wasn't enough time to breathe yeah. and it's yeah. because they're they're you know plowing through the story yeah. as fast as they can it's a very dense book and if they had stopped to you know build more character moments you would have it would have been like the uh the david lynch dune where m- massive sections of the plot that make it make sense get cut out right so you have and, to have like a female narrator talk for five minutes yeah. to introduce these scenes you know? <laughs> yeah so they, which they i sub- was into i liked it <laughs> so. you know they they subtly gave nods to all the world building stuff all yep. the really you know deep kind of things but the the only thing i just kept thinking that uh, you know is my stupidly pessimistic brain is how amazing would this have been with this budget, with this, you know, level of special effects and everything as a series like yeah. Game of Thrones? Yeah, I totally agree. And, and Dune, just like the length of the book, they could have very easily done that. I do think Villeneuve handled it very well. And some of the criticism I saw with people are like, so I just watched the first part of a movie. Like, did you say that after Star Wars? Shut up. Yeah. Like it also said part one right in the like, title correct on the title card credits say part one. <laughs> no, I will. I, I will say. I will say this. Um, yes, it's part one. Uh, but I what I think is a valid criticism that I've seen is that Dune part one isn't a complete. Um, every movie should be a complete experience, right? Like even Star Wars or Empire Strikes Back. Sure. Like. Uh, they they have or like a, right like they have a they have an uh, 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 a multiple act structure sure. a, a, that makes sense and it and it's got a satisfying you know like you you're satisfied that you've watched a movie when it's over I understand why people watched Dune and were like this is barely this is half of a movie I see I just um, don't have any problem with that because of the nature no I mean of I personally book, I did you know? personally I was fine with it um, but I do uh, like I understand why people think that sure. because it, it it did not really like have a traditional like yeah um you know like a like a trilogy cliffhanger or right. whatever you want sure. to call well, the, it. like i don't know if it's gonna book, be a trilogy. the book as it's written it would have made more sense and would have you know been able to spread out had it been made into three movies yeah and uh-huh. but from a marketing perspective that second movie would be just all people talking. Yeah, pretty much. And it would sure. be really hard to to sell that. So I, I understand why they have to have the action at the beginning and the action at the end of the book really, you know, anchor two movies. So who does Clay's um, Daily get to play Fade Ralpha? Fade was played by Sting in the David Lynch film. So there's oh, all God. this. Everybody wants a rock star. Who is uh, the rock I, star that plays Fade Ralpha? I have an oh, answer for man. this. And I, and I, I love know. my answer. <laughs> That I feel like that needs to be a question of the week. Honestly, I want to hear everyone's answers. I want to that. Jack White to do it. <laughs> oh my I God, want Jack would... White to do it, and I want him to have his like creepy like Dracula hair that he had for a while. But like, go ahead and do it in like in an Elvis impersonation. I don't care how fucking weird it is. Well, man. so <laughs> they've made in in the books, from what I remember, uh, and obviously from that uh, the Lynch movie, all the Harkonnens have red hair. Yeah. And are kind of a, a red hair oriented thing. And then this or new they're movie, completely they're bald. bald. Yeah. Oh, then that means it's going to be Ed Sheeran. Sorry, guys. Don't, you, <laughs> don't even say that out loud. <laughs> God, that 
pudgy little Scottish dork. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It needs to be someone greasy yeah. and gross. Yeah, and, and that who's just uh, like they're like, oh look how sexy and beautiful he is, and you're like, is he grill? <laughs> He's so I mean, wet all the time. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like uh, twenty years ago, I would have said flea. You know, but he'd, yeah, uh, he'd be just ugly and weird enough to pull it off. Yeah, uh, but yeah. you know, now it's. I I mean, there's no more rock stars left, man. Yeah. Like all, all the guys I listen to are Todd Turner know, has called it. It's gonna be a, it'll be a Jonas screens. brother. You watch, you know. Ugh. Gotta be a Joe, bro. Still, no, strangely, uh, the Jonas brothers are pretty good actors. Everything I've Rick, seen them pop up in, and I've Rick Astley <laughs> says Frank Sullivan. Frank Sullivan says Rick Astley. Clay, it is really good to talk to you. We got some other people in line, man. So we're gonna get moving. Yeah, well, man. Uh, g- great to talk to you. Good yeah. to hear your voice. You too, buddy. All right. Frank Cirillo, you were the first in line. I had to grab Clay because I was afraid he might fall off. Frank, how yeah, are you? Yeah, you know, if you don't look directly at him long for, uh, if you look away from <laughs> yeah. him for too long, he disappears. He's like the Yeti. He goes back into his other dimension, you know? Uh, <laughs> see, I would have went with, I would have went with, he's like, he's like Batman. Okay. You know, he just, sure, around. right, yeah. Fair Fair enough. Enough. Um, hey guys, how are you? How's good. Weekend? Hey, good. Okay. How's Frank hey. today? Good. Frank's good. Frank's good. We're, uh, kids are, kids are not peeing on the floor today. So that's good. A, that's good. A yeah. It was a that's highlight a of last week's show and we appreciate it. It was good for ratings. Yes. Now, some sickos <laughs> watched, but you know what? I'll take it. Clicks a click, man. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I, I want to answer. I'm going to answer the question of the week first. Let's do it. Because I'll get that out of the way. All right. So I got two. Um, and the first one I'm going to say is Jeff D. And I was into Jeff D as an artist when he was on, when he was working for TSR. Jeff D, help me out. Yeah. Okay. So he, he, um, he drew the eternal, sorry, the elementals. He drew the elementals oh. for a comic book. Oh, okay. For back, okay. Way back in the day. Bill so Willingham, he was, right? Uh, Bill Willingham. And oh yeah, that's so Bill sorry. Willingham is the writer and yeah. he drew it originally, but right, he made right. it drawn like later yeah, on. It yeah, I was also with Bill Willingham. I, I like Bill Willingham's artwork too. Cause I, and, and I, I found them in Dungeons and Dragons, you know, that's, that's where I kind of saw them. My next one is, uh, Simon Beasley. Okay. And I saw, I saw him first in Slain the Horn God. Yeah. That was, uh, and yeah, that I was, love Slain. That, <laughs> that was great. Oh my God. You know, and I mean, I'm not a big fan of Lobo, but I, I love Beasley's artwork. I, I think his artwork. Same here. It was one of those things like yeah. I bought those comics just because yeah. of Bisley's art. And like, I, right. I never cared about the character of Lobo. No, no. It was like, I still think Lobo is stupid. Yeah. Um, you know what I like so- even less? His daughter crush. Oh, <laughs> I don't need I, that. I, 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 have, I feel nothing about crush one way or the other. Yeah. Her existence has no impact on my life. I, I just don't no care. Oh, wait, hold, oh, give me a second. Um, so, so I did see Dune. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm going to say this, though. I have been aware of Dune for the past 35 years of my life. Sure. Um, I've known about Dune, tried to read Dune several times, but because of my you know reading issues, uh, I, I, had, I had a hard time getting through it because it's, it's a slog. It's, that it's is no sick. fault of yours. I, I right. fully understand anyone who's like, no thanks, Dune. <laughs> like, yeah, I no, get I mean, it. The story is great. I, I, loved, I actually loved the David Lynch movie. I, I really do. do. I, I totally I, love it. 
a lot of people don't like it. I I've never. It. I I saw bits and pieces of it as a kid, yeah. uh, but I've never seen it all the way through. The, I need to watch it. The raw style movie. and the performances alone are so Sting, David Lynch yeah. and wonderful. Sting is way over the top. Oh my and god, I think he's great. great. I, I loved. I loved it. Yeah. Um. Somewhere around my house, I actually have the Sting action figure from that movie. I don't yeah. even know. Where. I've got it too. I totally. Yeah. I have a few I of the Doom figures. Is. They are worth a ton and super hard oh to my. find. I really. I really hope I find it because hey, I could use a couple. I could use a couple bucks from it from time to time. Yeah, because like at that but, time, they were like, we got another Star Wars on our hands here. Like, right. we'll sell Ooh. these terrifying characters to kids. And then kids right, saw the movie right. and cried. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I did. I Last year, I have an Audible account. So last year, I went and I downloaded Dune to listen to. Yeah. And I, I loved it. It was, I mean, it's not an easy movie. It's not an easy story to follow, it's, it's but very, it's, it's so, it's so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Messiah, Dune Messiah right now. Yeah. The whole band um, that one gets really weird. <laughs> I, I, well, it's pretty weird and I'm not even a chapter into it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I really, I, I really liked, I really loved the Dune. I really loved listening to it. And, and like I said, I have, I've had friends, we've had, I've listened to people talking about Dune for like 35 years. Mm -hmm. So I'm aware of it. I, I thought the movie was great. I so thought the movie I think was. I the movie did the hardest thing in the world. And just like what you're saying, you're a sci-fi yeah. guy. You love Star yeah. Trek. And like Dune has been this impenetrable thing all your life. My right. wife could not care less. Like if I <laughs> mention it, her eyes roll back in her head. She watched the movie and she really enjoyed it. And I'm saying okay. Dennis Villeneuve so, nailed something there where he brought, he, really did. he brought the headiest sci-fi, you know, brick of a book to yeah. a movie screen yep. and made it palatable for oh, totally. just about anybody. Uh, I, I definitely want to watch it again. Please super nerds like me. You know, yeah. like that is the difficulty. Yeah, like as somebody, as somebody who had practically no, like essentially no exposure to Dune. You know, it had been thirty plus years, and so I, I was a, ba a blank slate. Um, I watched that movie, and I was like impressed. I, yeah. I like I, I wasn't lost. I wasn't uh, yeah. like the story was presented in a way that was clear and understandable. The action was cool. The effects right. were gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah, like so I don't give it. I don't give a damn what anybody says. I love Jason Momoa, and I thought he was, was awesome great. in he the was, movie. He was fantastic. He was uh, great. And, and perfect. Yeah, too. like I, 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 I was super impressed with with the yeah. 2021. No, I think it was great. And now I'm gonna, I'm gonna like his an opinion. This is an opinion. I don't know if everyone's gonna gonna see the same way. But after watching Dune, after watching Dune, right? Not after listening to it, but after watching it, it has a real fantasy feel to it rather than sci-fi feel to oh, it definitely. for me. Yeah. You know, and it I, is. and I think, but I think that's a mark of a good, that's a mark of a good story Yes, when it's set in one genre and it has the feeling of another genre, but it's very, it's very anchored in it. Cause you know, the Benny Jesu Jesuits are like, yeah, they're, they're almost performing magic, but they're not. You know, right. I mean, the they're they're like these psychic witches, they call yeah. them and stuff. And no, so without Dune, we don't have Star Wars. And oh, George oh Lucas says no, can that I just tell you a hundred percent. And like I, Dune I said, is the space opera yes. that George Lucas wanted Star Wars Absolutely. to be. I said that to a bunch of kids. I was in I was in my class and I go, anybody see Dune? And like I think one or two kids raised their hand. I said, anybody think that it reminds them of Star Wars? And they, they just kind of looked at me and I was like. 
they don't get it. They yeah. don't see it. Like you got, I think you got to have a wider scope of the world. Yeah. But yes. Oh my God. I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, wow, this is the anchor. This is where yes. Star, George Lucas gets Star Wars. From. I, cause, cause it was always like, well, you know, George Lucas pretty much stole the hidden fortress, you know, uh, from, uh, it was the, the, uh, um, Kurosawa film. Yeah. Oh no! And, uh, and he did. Yeah. He and Lucas is the first yeah. to admit. I'm not saying the guy's a hack or anything, but he lifted oh, all no, the no. stuff that he loved. Now later on, he would crap all over it, and mess up his own continuity. But that's a whole right. different. Well, you know, but like discussion. you, you've you've <laughs> seen you've seen that uh, uh, proto Star Wars stuff, right? Yeah. The, the Star Wars, right. you know that, yes. uh, and it's just like Luke Starkiller and yeah. like yeah. all the like it was so much more Dune when he conceived mm-hmm. it originally. Yeah, and the whole thing took um, place on Tatooine. It was like a desert planet where this. Is yeah like that dude that dude yeah it's clear his inspiration like george lucas has always worn his inspirations on his whether it was stuff like um uh kurosawa or um yeah dune for sure right um but uh nothing wrong with it no not at all not at all you know i i I thought you know and and it's nice it's nice to kind of and that's why i think that i thought that it kind of hit a fantasy element for me because totally. as I always tell people, I said, fantasy and Star Wars isn't, isn't a sci-fi movie. Star Wars is a fantasy movie. Right. Set in outer space. And Dune you know? is Star Wars with no robots. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. It's yeah. Star Wars with, with no robots. <laughs> right, right. And later on, you'll find out why there are no robots. And it's oh, terrifying. Wow. <laughs> it's absolutely uh, no, terrifying. Robot, robot uprising situation, yeah. huh? Oh, Frank, oh, I got a move. bunch more people right. in line here, yep. though. So we're going to keep moving. But we're going to talk to you yeah. and uh, keep the potty in the pants where it belongs. We'll talk to you later, man. Keep the potty in the pants. <laughs> Damon Chan, get in here and talk to us. Yo, what how, up, everyone? How are we what today, up, Damon? How you doing, buddy? Hey, not, not too bad. Um, all right, let me uh, start off with the question of the week. Let's get into um, it. I do have a confession to make. Okay, a very maybe bad nerd confession. When I was young, uh, I was actually a Spawn fan. Believe it or not. You know what? We all <laughs> were at one point. Kind of, there, there, it's just it, <laughs> it's like an age group thing. You know, it's like later yeah, disco kind of for seventies kids. Are like, yeah, I listened to like some of the really shitty disco. <laughs> <laughs> You, know, you can't help it. You know, we all like Chumbawamba for a minute, too. What do you do? I, I, I actually really did, too. But that's a whole other story. But yeah, but um, I was reading Spawn back when I was like 12 or so. And um, I was also became a huge fan of uh, two characters from that universe called Sam and Twitch. Yeah. And around that time, yep. I didn't realize it at the time. It took me a few years afterwards. But that entire, at least the first, uh, I think it was like maybe the second volume was written by one Brian Michael Bendis. Yep. And yep. And that was kind of my introduction to Brian Michael Bendis. And I realized, wow, I really like this writer. So I followed him throughout the years. So I think he wrote some other stuff too. Like uh, I remember there was a crime noir called um, Torso as well that he wrote. And uh, Torso, Jinx, yeah. AKA Goldfish. Yep. Yeah, he had a whole mm-hmm. bunch of crime books. And he's taking them all yep. to Dark Horse now. Yeah, so I've heard. He's been at five different publishers. This is not yeah, new for This is nothing new for Ben. Yeah. Like every couple of years, yeah. he moves them around. It's like, all right, Image, you're done. We're going over here now. Jinx yep. World or whatever. DC, Marvel, whatever. Who wants them? Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so um, yeah, but Brian Michael Bendis is my answer. Uh, I, I've actually, you know, I'm still kind of a fan of his. I, I will admit, like, some of his his current work is, doesn't really match up to some of his older work. Yeah. But he seems to be getting That's a, a lot more to, wordy. A fair yeah. way to put it. <laughs> 
Yeah, he seems to love uh, monologues and things like that, which is not always my favorite in comics. But uh, you know, but, yeah. I, I will. I I, I want to make a quick observation now that we're talking Bendis. Um, I've been rereading a lot of comics lately from the early two thousands, uh, thanks mm-hmm. to the Marvel app. And I've read several of the Marvel events from that decade. Um, oh, I, uh, so I re- I've reread, uh, you know, I reread Fear Itself, Secret Fear mm-hmm. Itself, better than we gave it credit for at the time. It was. The tie-ins, it just, the tie-ins were bad. Fear Itself. The main story ended, is pretty good. It ended um, badly. That was the only problem with No, Fear no, itself. I don't even think the ending was badly. I, I bad. I, like, I, I read it and I was like, why did we hate this when it came Wasn't out? It had end? great art. Matt Fraction. The, the main books. They were decent to say the least. No, it was the tie. The tie-ins weren't great. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, but that's not the point of my what I'm saying. Um, I read reread Age of Ultron, which is not good. Um, I reread uh, Secret Invasion, House of M, Siege, and let me tell you what. Boy, those comic books, especially Bendis in the early 2000s, loved their double page spreads full oh, yes. of word balloons. Oh, oh, yeah. And they are, it's very Damn difficult that. to read them on a tablet. Uh, mm-hmm. because nope. like it, it, they're very small if you're holding it, like you're holding a normal comic book. And then even if you turn your tablet, yeah. uh, it, but anyway, the tablet um, goes, okay. And turns right. Like, stop it. Stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's just, and it's like, I, um, I appreciate how that kind of has, uh, slowed down in more recent years. Um, mm-hmm. but Bendis was like a huge, um, perpetrator not perpetrator but you know what i mean like a trendsetter for that kind of thing he yeah. did it in, he did it in powers i remember that was like a talking point where people, oh yeah oh, my when God. people were talking up powers back in the day you they were like turn the, the book around like, it's, and- it's, <laughs> yeah. it's two pages of tiny little heads each saying one word yeah and it's like okay damon i'm with um, you though. it was I mostly think- word balloons and then art <laughs> that was it. yeah right <laughs> i'm with you damon i think sam and twitch was also my first brian michael bendis i'm pretty sure it was oh yeah, no, I mean, it was really good crime. I, I, first of all, I think I discovered around that time I loved crime noir in general around yeah. that time. And that was kind of what introduced me to that genre. And there's still two memorable characters, like, especially Twitch, which is like yeah. one of my favorite with that yeah. weird tri- trigonometry shots that he does and like the way his mind works. Yeah. I, I but, fought um, Sam and Twitch because I was so in hate with Spawn at the time because like I went mm-hmm. through a thing where like it was like the same thing that I went through with Metallica where it's like this is the best thrash you know thrash metal band in the world mm-hmm. they're never gonna let me down and then they put out the black album and cut their hair and I've just Ugh. like oh my god I am so done with this you know so I went to the yeah. Spawn. Oh, I thought the black album was one people all liked no get out of here I, Did, look I don't know shit like, about we're Metallica not friends anymore <laughs> right? you just stop <laughs> so Definitely I went to see not the black album. I remember I was, I was collecting Spawn and in the letters columns Todd McFarlane's like I am so excited for the Spawn movie Spawn movie can be the biggest thing ever mm-hmm. they gave me a production credits they let me write on this it has my stamp of approval it's Todd McFarlane <sighs> sure if you did. like Spawn you're gonna love the movie and I was like I'm in Todd I like Spawn and I went to the movie and when it ended I stood up and I booed out loud put both thumbs down <laughs> and went boo and this guy goes shut up and I go did you like it and he goes no. <laughs> and I just like walked out of the theater, went home, oh my grabbed my Spawn comics, took them to Cosmic Comics, and I went, done with this. Sold, that. Sold them. Yep. Like, screw wow. this. Garbage. Wow. You know, you know, it's funny. I, I watched, I actually rewatched that movie recently, and it's cheesy as all hell, first of all. But I don't know. Michael Jai White tried, man. Like, it's just like everything was bad about it from the script to yeah. the, to the like, floating, like, 
tape thing that looked ridiculous on screen, but yeah, it just it didn't age well. <laughs> no, the Spawn cartoon was better. Everyone everyone agrees. The it was. Cartoon was better. I, I, and um, that was uh, what's the voice actor that's in like everything too? Um, Keith David. Yeah, Keith David. Keith David. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I, every, Keith yeah. David. Every time I I I, uh, I read, I, I don't do it this often, but if I read anything with Spawn, his voice just pops in my head <laughs> for whatever reason. So. Yeah. But, and I remember the Spawn cartoon. Um, they were like, Spawn showed up and was like, I am Spawn the Knight, you know, whatever. Da, da, da. And I'm like, give a <laughs> shit what you think. We all went, oh, they cussed in the cartoon. Yeah, oh my God, this is totally rated R, you know? <laughs> Finally, you a cartoon like a man for adults, watching that. you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> occasional, occasional guest host Dave DeMarco would joke about the Spawn cartoon where Todd McFarlane would show up at the beginning of every episode, oh, like the God. Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Yep. And, oh, that, but, that I couldn't. Uh, he'd, yeah, he'd, ahead, but then he'd he'd intro the episode in like his ridiculous, uh, non-intimidating Canadian right, voice. Like, like, wiry, skinny Canadian dude. <laughs> like, I am Tom McFarlane, uh, the crane of Spawn. Eh? Have you ever <laughs> have you ever made a deal with the devil? Spawn oh did. As we've discovered over the year, there is nothing else that Todd McFarlane will make sure he self-promotes. Oh, yeah. To this day. Hey, it, you it, know what? It and, good, and good yeah. on him, you know. Nobody whatever. loves Todd McFarlane more than Todd McFarlane, and he'll be the first to let you know. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Ten times over. All right, one last thing before I got to go. Um, Doom Patrol, did you guys catch up? I'm not no. fully caught up yet. It's so friggin' great, though. Oh, my God. Yes. It's so you great. You saw the um, you saw the Vacay episode of uh, Vacay Patrol with uh, Garganax, right? Yes. Yes. That's yes. <laughs> just yeah, wonderful. That, that's what God. I would, would, Yeah. And like, and this, it just shows that like DC, you can do this. You can totally do this. Mm -hmm. Just go nuts. Do it. And and do it on yeah. HBO where we don't have to worry about like, oh, we got to keep it cool for CW or whatever. Like, just do it here. Tell us whatever story you yeah. want. And I'm in. And, and just like be reverent to the, the real stuff. Update it by all means. But just please be reverent to it. That's all I ask. And that's all they're doing. I mean, I would almost argue that um, being irreverent is more in the spirit of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. Oh, no, I'm, I'm but, just saying reverent to the irreverence of his story. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I need to get on it. Uh, I, I need to get on a new job. Uh, you know what? Oh, shockingly, oh, sho shockingly <laughs> little time to watch TV on the clock at the new job. Well, that, you know, that's, <laughs> so, you know, I, I have, uh, I'm way behind on all my stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, I need to get caught up. I love that show so much. Damon, it is good to talk yeah. to you. We will talk to you soon. Brother. Yep. Adios, buddy. Brian Amingos, get in here. I'm sorry to put you so far down the ladder today, but you know, you know how it is. I knew you'd be well, okay. What's there, it, there's a cue, man. I, I know. That's I know how it goes. How it is. Yep. I'm in, I'm in, no, I'm in no rush. No I, special I treatment unless you're Clay Staley. That's how it works here. <laughs> I, you know, you, yes, I get it. I, you know, it listen, every, it, I think we lost your audio. Everyone is important in their own way. There we <clears> are. There you go. We're all you got me? Yes. All right. I mean, putting me at the end of the line and then losing my audio, not cool. But <laughs> That's okay. just, that's, man. What are we rapping about today? Insult to injury is what that Insult is. Insult to injury. Um, one little bit of um, Marvel news that I'm excited about from this week is the uh, official return of the Ecstatics uh, book by Peter yes. and Mike Allred is coming. The, the excellent. Um, yeah. The excellent. I literally don't care what they're doing. I just want at least six issues of those those two guys doing what they do best together. Absolutely. That book is, is so great and Absolutely. a delight in every way. And I hope it is a complete joke. I hope it, it's like the other X-Men are like, 
what is going on over there? <laughs> you know, and the exact like, we're just doing our stuff as normal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's an interesting thing because it's like it's so like everything is so serious now, right? With, you know, all the islands and and Mars and all that stuff, and it's like these guys they don't give a shit. They yeah. don't care. You know, <laughs> I mean, they don't want to die, but um, and they know they probably will. Um, right. Uh, yeah. It's, and that's a good question. It's like, are they um, are they going to be resurrected? Who knows? Yeah. You know, are they part of that? Oh, whole yeah. Thing? Like when was the um, when was the last time Xavier made a backup of their brain? I, yeah, I would love it. You go, girl. If, if ever. I would love yeah. it if they were like we find out like they are not even mutants. Like we don't know what they are. We don't know why they think they're mutants. Like we, well, I, I we have the told them that, you're not a mutant. The, and they're like, yeah, we being are. mutants that are, are even they're just like not important enough to save, I think is Yeah, is that or that's yeah, that'd be fun too. They're you like, know. Uh, we don't really, you know, they're, they're, we don't hate them, but <laughs> there like, is there is an early I think it was it might even it must have been an X-Force issue, like one of the first dozen or so um when that's still what the title was where xavier's there in like the, the frank quietly like speed suit kind of thing um yeah he does like make an appearance pretty early um yeah and so i am i'm excited I, it does it doesn't say the length like if it's ongoing or what it is but um i am down for all of it it'll be fun and we have to remember like good. dupe has been around this whole time so it's like the ecstatics do have a presence <laughs> like dupe has is he been on here. is he in uh krakoa and all that stuff if, uh, is he around? i mean we've I'd seen be him surprised pictures. if he wasn't drawn into the background yeah or something, we've seen but him i don't i don't think we've ever i don't know if we've had a dupe moment no i mean he's just um, been like but hanging around. uh yeah but well one one of my favorite things is the like that peter milligan x-men run um that he did with salvador la is it was after Chuck Dixon and that kind of awful, like oh, waiting Chuck for Austin. Yeah, Chuck yeah. Austin. Yes. Uh, waiting for that awful period to kind of pass. And yeah. he just wrote these really weird, like psychosexual, um, inner yeah. dynamic pieces between the characters and, and like, and it's real. And it's also around the time, like after Wanda, like, you know, kills everybody and all that stuff. Mm, like, right. it's a really awful time for the X-Men and he's just, Milligan is doing Milligan and he, the, the books are really interesting and fun. And you've got um, like the story of like what Lorna saw. Um, Cause yeah, she, she right. went into space and had this awful traumatic experience. And then when you see what it is, like Great it's scary, but hilarious at the same time. Um, and I'm just wondering if, if now that Hickman is wrapping up um, his phase one of this um, apparently thousand year run on this um, X-Men book. <laughs> yeah. They never wanted to end. It's a rain. Um, it's it, not even a run. It's a, I think we're calling it a rain it, now. The, yeah. I mean, you guys were talking about it on your um, Inferno uh, one review. It's interesting that all these things are going on. And then it's like, he said, okay, well, <laughs> thanks for waiting for me. Here I am. I'm going to pick up all the plot lines from two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now like, all the other stuff kind of doesn't matter. Like we're not going to mention Mars. We're not going to mention yeah, all right. these other yeah. things, yep, yep, um, yep. but it's, it's all about <laughs> destiny. And it's yeah. like, uh, you assholes, uh, you assholes refuse to let me move on with my plan. Right, and that's like, why I left all the books. Okay, so yeah, here we Magneto, are. I'm ignoring you. Totally now. not guilty. In fact, nobody's even mad that, at him anymore. That whole thing, yeah. Well, that was when you guys were talking about that. I was like, wait a minute. That is so true. Like they, yeah, yeah they didn't even think about it. They just were like, oh yeah, don't worry about that. Like yeah. what a complete waste of everybody's time to do this like blown out mini series that is for, you know, four ninety nine an issue. And, inconsequential and it also but it also very much shows i I think inferno we can look back now and be like okay now i can absolutely see like 
this was Hickman. This was Hickman. This was Hickman. Okay, this is where Duggan was doing this. This is where yeah, it, you know, Ben Percy very, was doing this. It's very clear when it uh, becomes extremely were, yeah. obvious. <laughs> Other people were co-piloting yeah. the ship. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty funny. Like the, the whole deal where it's like, yeah, Hick, they Hickman has elevated him. His status is now elevated to the guy that makes the game plan. Right. He's not even necessarily the guy that executes the no, plan. He's the you coach. want him to be. He's just. You the want coach. him to be the guy that executes the plan. Yeah. But in if if he's not, you've got Jerry Duggan, you've got uh, Ben Percy, you've got whoever, whoever, and you know whatever. It's worked out. But after they were like, "Yes, Jonathan Hickman, we want to subscribe." We want to sign on for this ridiculous uh, three-act weirdo thing you right. have planned for the X-Men. And then a year into it, the writers were like, nah. We're just having fun with part one. Yeah. It's well, like, what? That, but, well, that that's the sort of thing that makes me say, oh, wait a minute. Like, this is this is off the tracks. Like, yeah. You know, like, and, and that, and it's, it's the, and that was like kind of my, and it's not, and for once it's not Hickman's fault. Um, it's like the wheels within wheels thing of like, oh, he's mm-hmm. got this grand scheme. It's like, yeah, but if everyone else isn't on board with this grand scheme, you get like scattershot. Yes. You know, you right. get it's stuff like, off. Yeah, it's like the wheels within wheels, uh, they're all still on the bus, but the right. bus is driving on a frozen lake. Yeah, and it's just all over the fucking place. It's all over the place, and there's two buses. (laughs) It's like like how many how many times have we reviewed a book? Going, you know how long I've been waiting for them to address this, right? And it's like, oh well, now we know why. It's because they refused to move on. Anyway, it's it's a frustrating. It's it's not Hickman's fault. This is Marvel editorial. This is the creators, and they're like, we've got more story to tell. And Marvel's like, do it. It's selling. And, and it's not that and the books are even fun. bad. No, it's that, you know, like I want to see the plan play out. And that's yeah. why we that's why Hickman was the man for the job. And now the man's not doing the job. Right. Well, maybe he'll just come back every year and, you know, I don't know, every seven months and do sure. like right. the important miniseries. Right. Here's the one that in. you have. Here's the one that they put in the checklist in red. Just read this one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, on. exa- right. We'll exactly. get another peek at Saturnine um, and Otherworld. I hated that one crossover. Thing, uh, it was awful. Um, it was. One thing I will say is the um, giving Moira and Kitty bangs is really confusing <laughs> because at one point I'm like, who? Because Hickman is so like, he's so Hickman-y that he doesn't even bother like naming everyone right, right yeah, I'm like, yeah. Who? it's like here's this brunette and i can't hear the accent and he's not writing like the classic moira accent yeah they're, so she's, she's not just speaking talking. phonetically i'm happy for right, her, I'm, by the way because it was pretty ridiculous <laughs> well it was but it also is like if you're not going to tell me who this is yes she she didn't can say right right she and so she's talking say. and i'm like and i'm like is this kitty pride and it's like oh you know about more, all Moira's deaths, and I'm like, oh my god, we're doing this again. Yeah. Okay, all right. Like, I, I mean, at least know, put, <laughs> put Kitty in the costume, and we're okay. Problem solved. But like when yeah, they're it, standing next to each other, and civi- Kitty's in the one wearing clothes, the pirate jacket. It's like you know, uh, <laughs> she sometimes has an eye patch. Right. Yeah, yeah, Kitty's, Kitty's the one dressed like a parade float, uh, a parade commodore. Yeah. Is she the is she the one that has the skull face tattoo? Oh no, that's Pyro. That's Pyro. Um, yeah. yeah. The it's so ridiculous. Um, yeah. Um, so Hickman. Yeah. Um, I wasn't planning. I wasn't even thinking about talking about that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm way behind on Doom Patrol. I'm glad that Damon didn't get too deep into it. I did watch the VK uh, Patrol last night um, because my, I watched it without my wife the first two seasons and she like binged them over three weeks, probably. Oh, wow. Um, 
and it was like a lot. So, um, you know, getting into that has been kind of a slow and then, you know, school and everything, it's been busy, but, sure. um, we're going to, we're going to make our way through cause it is unbelievably great. And, yeah, um, really I keep, I'm waiting for the episode where, uh, Brandon Frazier is on screen as Brandon Frazier because I can't, I uh, love him. I love, Brandon I love Frazier. that they're putting them like on the show more. It, it, it took them two seasons for HBO to say, Hey, can we get Matt Bomber and his handsomeness on screen, please? Because yeah. he's, he's oh, really right. quick. Yeah. 1950s flashbacks like he is a um a, a, a hunk of meat so get him out there he's a he's a look man he he's is a, a handsome man he's a like, gorgeous I, like man I, he yeah. he is a specimen uh i um uh, brandon fraser um i am so thrilled i don't know if how much you guys have seen or heard about this but um the the youths of the internet um, have kind of rallied around uh, Brandon Brendan Fraser as like a pure and good soul that needs protecting at all costs. Well, he went like, and some, I yeah. I love it so much. He went through some shit, man. Like, and, well, I don't even like he's just and like there there are videos uh, there have been videos where it's like uh, this girl talks about how much she loves Brendan Fraser, and then he there's a, a a response video where he watches that and gets like legit emotional about it, and it's this. It's this it's this perfect cycle of like wholesome, uh, heartwarming content about this guy that everybody agrees is the best. Uh, and I think that's so great for Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I would not have fe- I would I would not have pegged Encino Man as the guy that uh, that ended up that way. But well, here we are. I mean, he was supposed to be the next big guy and then some really terrible stuff that he never dealt with in his life came back to haunt him and it almost killed him. Like it was really, really bad stuff happened to that guy. So yeah. he's yeah, a survivor I, I, and I'm happy to see that he's working and he's doing an amazing job on Doom Patrol. Oh my god. And he's um he's coming back. He's coming um he's joining a show uh, or a movie. Like he's got a new role coming up where he plays the villain. Yeah, it's a C- um, it's one of the CW shows, isn't it? That he's And he on it's for? uh I'm I'll look it up real fast, but like I think, it's, I think it. it's the bad guy in the Batgirl HBO movie. Yes. Oh yeah, that might that's you might it. be right about <laughs> that's that. That's it. Um yeah. which that movie looks crazy i don't know if you saw the uh the yeah. fandom uh piece with the two directors yeah who look like you know nft salesmen um <laughs> and like in some like loft that they're renting for the afternoon yeah it look it just looks like okay but that's one of those like go for it let's see what happens with this maybe it's bad yeah. i don't know if it's bad it's another bad dc oh, movie yeah he's supposed to be he's supposed to play firefly like i think they've already yeah. named the character yes. as well yeah that's great we do it like an interesting choice i mean maybe he just pops up maybe he's not the main nemesis but like i can't see firefly as the main villain yeah, yeah. you know but whatever hey look i don't know well, in, firefly in gets the, punched in, in the face room. in like page two of whatever batman book you're in and then you're like back to arkham with you nutball but in, you know? <laughs> in batgirl year one it's firefly and killer moth yeah that's true like you know what i mean yeah. so maybe yeah. there's a kill- i mean can we get if we get a killer moth and his like stripey outfit holy cow man <laughs> i mean come on yeah. let's do it come on NFT, nft bros put it together let's, let's do see it. it brian let's good to it. talk to you man i got i got one quick oh. answer for the week yeah, please, one, one yeah. Quick. For it. um so when i was um living in boston there was a, a, a one of the local comic shops had a printed out and hand stapled uh mini comic you know it was actually like probably i don't know nine by eleven or whatever printed out and um i picked it up and I just thought like the artwork was amazing. And it was like, and it was some guy who lived in the city who sold, you know, basically gave them to all the stores for promotion. And it was Sonny Lou. Who oh, wow. Oh, nice. Ended up. Um, and, and he, and it, that this was before 
and it was Malinky Robot, like the really early, Malinky early Robot, versions yeah. of Malinky Robot. He ended up doing the really great um, YA book that they should reprint because it was great that he did uh, called My Faith and Frankie. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. That was like his first big DC piece. And um, I still have it somewhere in a box, but it was one of those like, oh, this is really cool. And then, you know, I don't know, a year later, his name was floated around. And um, and so I was glad that I was there at that moment to grab that little thing. He, um, he drew that. Awesome. Um, he drew that um, book we reviewed, I believe, that uh, Gene Luen Yang wrote. And I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. Um, which one? Wait, I'm not sure which one he did. Yeah, which one? He yeah, uh, the Shadow Hero, I think maybe is what it was called. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I thought you were talking about uh, Infinite. What was it Infinite Kung Fu? Infinite Kung Fu is Kagan McLeod. Yeah, that was Kagan. Uh, no, it was called the Shadow Hero, um, and uh, it was a Gene Luen Yang book that what, uh, what we reviewed years ago. Um, but yeah, he's a great artist. I love him. He is really good. He, yeah, he also did that Doctor Fate uh, DCU book. Um, with I think Paul Levitz wrote it maybe oh about nice, like the, nice. the I think he was like the the young um, Muslim doctor who became yeah I think the, he's uh, I think he's still Doctor Who actually that kid yeah not Doctor Who Doctor Fate <laughs> Doctor Fate sorry yes not Doctor Who <laughs> Doctor Fate Who Brian good to talk to you man as always we will talk soon all right later guys adios bud Jimbo get in here and close us out I gotta turn on this Nebraska game and see how bad we're getting our asses kicked by Ohio State so. it's not that bad right now <laughs> it's not what that it's not that bad oh really it's only three nothing oh no kidding huh yeah. it'll get worse I, I we'll mean we're losing lose, though, don't worry. <laughs> we're losing I assume well yes <laughs> oh, yes of course yes all right, yeah, all right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Let's, okay, not, so, let's not get let's not get ridiculous there. uh let's see answer of the week Tatsuki Fujimoto uh, chainsaw man I've been there since chapter one and okay. I was blown up uh yeah, but like I don't, we don't, you know, you don't read stuff in like comic book stores. It's just like on the internet. It's like, hey, check out this new thing. Okay, and then you read it, and then you're like, wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You read it. So not like crazy stories that you get. Is that a manga thing, like where just the fans do it differently? Like they're just always digging, looking for the newest stuff and the next stuff. So, so now since the app that Shonen Jump, the main hat, the main provider, the main publisher has right. is out there for two dollars a month. So I will read anything new, and I will give it a few chapters. Fair uh, enough. That's two dollars a month. Yeah, that's nothing. I know. Wow. But like the one thing though, actually, it's I'm going to post some stuff on Facebook. It's really crazy. Like, seriously, canceled really rapidly. Sure. So like the assistant to my hero, he had one called Red Hood um, about fairy tales, and the yeah. art is really good. But the first two chapters are great, and then the rest of the chapters are whatever. And now it's getting canceled after twelve episodes or chapters. And the last few, he's gone like meta commentary, and they do that sometimes. Like they know they're getting canceled, so they'll call out like uh, readers and the audience on why they're getting canceled. It's really it's not the first time that I've read that these authors do that. They're like taking their shots as they leave. It's very amusing. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Like yeah. there, there's a very there was a very similar um, a, a joke in American comics that uh, was done by uh, writer artist John Byrne. Um, She-Hulk had a, a series in the early 80s, the Savage She-Hulk. Nobody bought it. It got canceled pretty early. Um, so and good. when John so when good. John uh, when John Byrne uh, revived the character for the for the sensational She-Hulk uh, five or six years later. 
um, the cover has a joke on it that says, all right, I'm giving you guys a second chance. If you don't buy my book this time, I'm coming over to your house and ripping up all your X-Men comics. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, famous. it's funny. haha. But when She-Hulk was finally canceled uh, with issue 60 something uh, uh, in the early 90s, uh, it was a kind of a, a an homage to that cover. And it's She-Hulk saying, I warned you. Hey, <laughs> like he, so he like paid off that joke. He's like, I'm, she's, I'm coming. She Hulk's coming to tear up your X-Men. Right. Yeah. And, and, and on the, on the, across the pond uh, issue is like these, these books, if you don't, if you don't grab, you don't make sales right away, even like, uh, you know, a, an assistant as famous as the, my hero person, mm-hmm. like you, you just get canceled. Like it, sure. it's so crazy. There's so many that get canceled. They're like, Oh, this is really good. But like, as uh, you know, non-Japanese readers, we don't have a say because we can't buy any volumes because they're not translated. It's also uh, already happened over there too, right? Like it's already coming. No, around. no, we're no, we're, we're we're week to week. So you know, the Sunday that I read will be the the stuff that gets dropped on the Saturday. So it gets translated that fast. Yes. Wow. Well, they have to because the the scans that get out, uh, fans will have it translated in a few hours. Oh yeah, I suppose. Oh, so, so it's the fa- it's the fans that translate it. They oh, don't yeah. just automatically put out an English version. No, no, so no the, originally with the bootleg the, stuff, fans the, will the, the, have it, yeah, the bootleg, bootleg it, and kick but, it out. But now the official, it's the official release. They have they, they pay these translators. And they put the, your name is on there and all that stuff now. And and, and this is the official. This this uh, the app's been on for like three years now. So as far as I know, it's been successful. They haven't raised the price. It's always been two dollars. Well, you can do that when like pretty good. You're funded by you know billions of dollars of book sales back home. Oh, well, yeah. like, like, uh, webtoon. like uh, webtoon is a similar thing where it's like it's so cheap to subscribe to webtoon and there's so much content. Oh, on that. Yeah. Well, right. yeah. Webtoon is free, but you can buy you can buy chapters. Yeah. Right. To, to to be ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right, apparently yeah. that model works. Uh, uh, it's a strange thing. Yeah. People. Yeah. That, no, like, no, that is strange. Yeah. Yeah. That's strange. Uh, let's see. Dune. Uh, really excited that the sequel has been announced. Um, good old Denny is saying that he'll do the three movies. So he'll do Dune Messiah as one movie, which is fine. That book's not that dense. There, no, but like there's some stuff that they're going to get into. And I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who has read the books. And they're right. like, what are you talking about, man? That's sci-fi. It's already weird. I don't think people fully understand. I mean, maybe how they won't. goddamn weird Dune gets. <laughs> maybe they just every, won't get into it in the movie. Every book is so different from the previous yes. book. It blowed it, when I was reading. Like this blows my mind how crazy he takes everything. Right, and in hmm. Villeneuve, his first part, I can't see him if he's going to do it. I can't see him suddenly ch- switching gears and being like, "Well, we're not going to pay attention to that part." Like he's just doing it he's telling us a story he's not really leaving anything out it, it's all here and if we're gonna get into that doing messiah stuff oh boy yeah. <laughs> like, oh boy <laughs> just you wait it gets wild yeah, and, man and if this is successful will they just continue like children of dune and like god ever do no those are i mean insane. oh god <laughs> you can't you can't <laughs> Because like, how are you going to sell that to people? You're like, when this next book takes place five thousand years in the future. Right. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh yeah, everybody that you remember. Oh yeah, they all died five thousand years ago. This is a yeah. <laughs> like, holy yeah. hell. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's well. I, I'm happy that it was successful. I'm happy Casey liked it. Wow, that's crazy. It shocked me. It shocked the hell out of me. She and well, she was just, dreading yeah. it. I was like, well, what if we, let's, let's eat weed cookies and watch it, you know, and then you'll at least just lay there and be quiet, you know, <laughs> but she really liked it. Yeah. Huh. All right. 
Go figure. That's yeah, it's good. Jim, it's good, good to talk to you, man. All right. Take care, guys. All right, buddy. Bye, bud. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. All right, it's voicemail time in this ziggurat. Hey, guys. Tony Mathers. Three things. One, I saw Eternals last night. It really isn't good. Ooh. I can't wait for you guys to see it because there's a lot I want to talk about and discuss and break down that uh, I just, I have questions about and I don't think worked. Uh, two, Young Justice is amazing. We don't deserve it. And I'm going to just constantly play it over and over again to hopefully bump <laughs> up those numbers so we get a fifth season. Uh, this is, it's the best thing going in comics uh, and superheroes right now. And I think the ending credits are some of my favorite parts of the show. And I love the ending credits. was awesome, but I have a couple questions from that. Um, they didn't really do a good job explaining dust. I think I know what it does because a friend told me, but would you clarify that? And also, why don't they use guns? Like, I saw their ships had guns, but everyone used swords. I just thought, is there, like, an in-universe reason why no one carries firearms? So, all right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay, so you said dust. What he means is spice. And uh, the spice, basically, it is a hallucinogen that opens your mind to, like, wider possibilities of the universe, more or less. And some people use it in such a way to actually traverse space, like open holes in space. They call it folding space, where they, like, take two points that are way apart and bring them together at a gate. And so spice is very, very important. And it's the only way anything gets done in the universe because the universe is so big. We need spice to travel. So that's spice. The reason they don't. The spice must flow. Yes. The reason they don't use guns is because everybody has shields. And those shields stop fast moving projectiles. Right? I really like that little detail. Yeah. It's uh, just that, awesome. you know, like, yeah. They developed the shield technology that basically just shut down firearms. And now later on, we will see a weapon that works against shields that is introduced that nobody really thought about. And it's awesome. You'll love it. But that's why there's no firearms. There's there, also, um, there's a briefly, uh, a brief aside about that. Uh, that is an idea, uh, that the, uh, the writer of, uh, Punisher 2099 definitely cribbed from Dune and I have literally never seen that idea anywhere else. I did not know it was a thing, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, like how a personal force field, that deflects bullets, but if the Punisher has you by the neck and slowly slides a knife into yeah, your ribs, you're fucked. Straight up rip off, Dune. Yeah, yeah, but go. that's awesome though. Yeah. Like at least the guy's uh, inspirations came from a legit place, right? But that's why there's no guns, and it, it's all going to go way back to like when they got rid of computers and they got rid of AI and stuff because computers became sentient and it was like very much Terminator Skynet type thing and humans barely survived. So we said no more of that crap. And that's why they have like Mentats, which are those guys with their eyes turn white. They are like living computers and they use the spice to be like a living calculator more or less. So, so cool. I love it. All right. Next call. JD got a catch. Couldn't show up today. He left us a message. Morning, boys. It's JD Gotta Catch, caretaker of the Marvel Lake House. Uh, even if I'm a bit behind in my duties, I apologize. But um, had an unexpected family thing this morning, so I thought I'd call in ahead of time. Um, so I will start with my answer of the week. I remember when Saga first came out, uh, and everyone was raving about the story and the artwork. And I remember looking at the artwork and being amazed, but also going. <laughs> seen this before okay so real quick he said saga i thought he said frogger <laughs> and i remember pulling out my 
this obscure Steve Niles book that I've talked about probably way too many times on this show, Mystery Society, and seeing an early Fiona Staples and going, oh, my God, that's, that's the same artwork. And it was amazing then, too, and it's amazing now. So that's my answer to the question of the week. Um, uh, also, just wanted to give a heads up that an unexpected book came out this week, not at the Lake House, but in regular world, that I was surprised to see and pleased to see, and that was The Magic Order, uh, Volume 2. Oh, from, The Magic uh, Order, yeah. Yeah, shot. Mark Millar. And even if I don't have that Netflix show yet, um, I'll take another volume of the comic for sure. So um, sorry for the stammering. I'm horrible at recordings, but I will talk to you guys next week. We're going to edit it and no one will know. Don't worry. Um, The Magic Order. So the Magic Order was like the biggest thing sold out, super huge. And then all of a sudden there was the announcement of like the Miller deal with Netflix or like the magic order. Yeah. The, the magic, the magic order was supposed to be the first project right. from the Miller world Netflix deal. And, and it just time, hasn't happened yet. They also announced like in volume two, the comic is coming. And then it was just like crickets for. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, I don't know why I like, who knows why maybe yeah. like it's uh, the magic order. Like it's a pretty big like effect. It would be, it's going to be a pretty big effects heavy Kind oh, of thing. has to, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, like, maybe they just kind of rethought their game plan, which is fine. Um, I never finished Volume 1, but I remember really liking the first few issues. I finished so Volume 1. So I need to finish, I need I to finish Volume it. 1. The Magic Order yeah. was one of the, like, best things he's written in a long time. And in, it doesn't suffer from a lot of the things that you get upset about with Mark Miller. I'll say oh, that. Oh, that I, that I specifically am yeah. the only one that gets upset about it's with Mark just Miller. just you. You're alone. Yep. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's only <Yeah>. you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's a, that's a good call. And I'm happy for the reminder um, th- that I need to get on that. Uh, I have, I have currently been uh, correcting my um, error in skipping secret, uh, no, strange adventures, the Tom King book. Um. I'm I'm not sold on it, but I am reading it, and it is beautiful to look at. Yeah, I still like it. So, all right, we got one last call here. Hey guys, James Kaplan here. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I was calling with an answer to the question of the week, and my answer is Jonathan Hickman. I have been on Team Hickman since you know I can't I can't claim to have been reading his stuff since. You know, all the way back when the nightly the nightly news came out, but uh, I was, you know, I do remember having read his image, his early early image stuff like Pax Romana mm-hmm. and uh, the Red Wing, which he did with Nick Pitaro before the Manhattan oh, Project, I loved it, and mm. Red Mask for Mars, which is great. Um, and then, you know, I saw him on Fantastic Four, and I was like, oh my god, this guy's going to be great. And as it turns out, he was. It's you know probably my favorite single run on a ongoing comic ever. So um, I can't say I was there at the very beginning, but you know, like I feel like I was pretty, I was on the Hickman train pretty, uh, pretty early on. I was also going to say, saw the Eternals uh, Thursday night, really enjoyed it. Going to see it again with the family tonight. Totally enjoyed it. Thought it was a lot of fun. It's different than some other Marvel movies, but like it's got humor. It's entertaining. I don't know. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, the other thing I was, I'll just chime in on that Jodorowsky Mobius thing. I tried to read the Intel. I got like maybe a third to a half the way in. The art for Mobius is amazing and the story was just stupid. So I just stopped reading it. <laughs> anyway, I'll kill later. <laughs> um, 
That is, All right. Well, that is an opinion. I'm not going to say it's wrong. I, look, we can't speak to it, so it might yeah. be stupid. I will say I've never seen a review where they're like, well, this is stupid. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the, the Incal is one of those legendary things where, like, the uh, Luke Bassan stole a bunch of ideas from the Incal and made the fifth element, which is, like, a total real thing that happened. The studio sued yeah. Luke Bassan and lost. Um, and Joe Dorowski was pissed about it. And then he came around and he's like, you know what? It's pretty flattering when somebody steals your ideas. Right. And it was also um, just like directly ripped off Mobius designs and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. come on. And look at the fifth element. If you look at it, you'd be like, oh, that's so cool. They let Mobius design all this. And like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Eternals, um, Tony... Uh, it's it's interesting to me that Tony didn't care for it. Uh, the majority of people that I have talked to, comic book fans uh, that I know personally, came out loving it. See, now I'm um, hearing exactly what we just heard between Kaplan and Tony, where it well, is... Well, yeah, the reviews are definitely mixed. It's not good, or I really liked it, it's very different, you know? And I think right. there's a shock here that's happening. And personally, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to try and go today. But personally, I think Marvel needs to do that. They need to shake some shit up. Shang-Chi. Well, and, and this is a, sorry, as fun as it was, definitely a Marvel movie. Follow yeah, the format and, the and formula. What I and things that I have heard from um from like critics, like actual, you know, paid critics, professional I should say, not paid, um, is that it tries to be different and then it can't escape its own yeah. nature as a Marvel film and that, and thus it tanks its own pro, you know, all yeah. the goodwill it had at the beginning. So um, I, I think it's interesting that uh, I, I'm very curious to see it. I won't get to see it for uh, uh, probably another 45 days uh, until the theatrical window is closed and it goes to Disney plus, but um yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see it, and I I'm more excited to see it because of how divisive yeah it is. That's yeah, uh, that's and I think I that that makes it. it the most interesting Marvel movie to come out maybe in years. Yeah, and I don't think having a movie that is rotten on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever that you know that even means. No, I like lots of rotten movies. I don't think that's even a bad thing for Marvel. I don't think it is right. at all. I no, and reviews are ultimately meaningless because they're they're based on personal experience. You like you 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 like the movie, great. Well, I, mean, uh, I don't like, necessarily mean because of the reviews. I mean, I guess I mean because the story becomes what the hell we got to see this. Oh you right, know, like, like I don't <laughs> think it's da- I don't think it's damaging is yeah. what you mean, yeah, right? Like exactly. I don't think it's going to hurt Marvel that the that the movie is uh, like people are going to flock to see a Marvel movie right. no matter what. We'll see what the box office does though. That is ultimately going to be what everyone decides is a failure or success. Yeah, How yes, much of course it it'll it it'll and like we're still behaving as though um any sort of normal metrics apply right uh in the world we currently live in so um i'm looking forward to people announcing that that the eternals is a huge flop but, oh yeah uh, whatever. oh yeah the snyder who, bros who gives a shit they're already all over it so too many yeah. uh too many not white people and women in the movie so you know what can you do oh he mentioned jonathan hickman as the someone he discovered really early we also did working at the comic shop when nightly news hit and I can't remember who was at Reddit, but they were like, this is wild. You got to check this out. And it became a thing. Uh, it was it was Jason. It was the 
one of the founding owners of Legend Comics. Okay. Uh, he was like, you got this, the nightly news, man. It Like, he was on the Hickman train from the moment it left the station. Yeah, and it, that and, book was hot from it. Like, there was like, yeah. it got hot on eBay. There was rumors of a TV yeah, show. Yeah, and, and once, like, the, once the trade came out, like, I, 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 like every store is different, but, uh, you know, when a store is passionate about uh, about a certain book, you know, they're good at selling that book and we could not keep it in stock. No. And yeah, so it, it's, yeah, Hickman is a great answer. Right? Like, but I also feel like Hickman is a, is a writer that kind of came out of the gate. Like, Oh, this guy is something very strong. You know, like, it, it, it's, people uh, that were already famous. were like, pay attention to this guy. Yeah. Like, it's like, right. you know, it's like Bend, Bendis, you know, did his work in the trenches, putting out those books for, um, uh, that small publisher that went away. I can't remember which one it was, but, uh, it may have, they may have been Comico, uh, books, but like Jinx and Goldfish and Torso and, uh, and it wasn't until Powers came out that people were like, oh, hey, you know what? This guy is actually very good. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but Hickman, I just remember like from the first moment I heard his name, people were like, yeah, Jonathan Hickman. He's the next big thing. Totally. So, so let's yeah, get into great our answer, answers, though. and I am going to reveal my age big time with my answer, but going way, way, way back into the 80s <laughs> when I was just an like I could not get enough X-Men. It's the only comic book I wanted to read. It was the best thing in the world. And then I found out there was this new mutants book and I'm like, that's the only thing I want to read as well because it's X-Men adjacent and I love the new mutants and I'm. There was an artist that did a couple fill-in issues, and at first I thought I hated it. I wasn't just sure what I was looking at. And this isn't Sienkiewicz, but I, I was like, what? That is so strange. And then he popped up doing a couple fill-in issues on Doctor Strange, and I was like, I think I love this. I think this art is amazing, and his name was Mike Magnola. And oh, okay, I sure. loved it because it was just so weird, man. It was the it, it was so not superhero, but you could do that in New Mutants because Bill Sienkiewicz had already knocked that door down and been like, all right, this is where we're going to do some like really forward thinking kick ass art stuff that does not look like anything else on the shelf. And some other artists got to do that too. New Mutants later on, it would go on to just become 90 schlock and what have you. Yeah, still right. love that yeah. too. But when it was early, it was sort of like this really cool place to highlight weirdo artists that really probably couldn't hang on any other book at Marvel at the time outside of Dr. Strange because it's such a weird looking book to begin with. And Mike Mignola, man, I fell in love with him. And then after that, I just, anything Mike Mignola, I needed it. I mean, I bought the very first issue of Hellboy when it came out. I was buying Dark Horse Presents when Hellboy was being printed there just for Mike Mignola. Love him so much. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. Um, I have a similar ancient answer. Um, many, many years ago in the in the mid eighties, um, Marvel put out. I, I actually have a, a I have a joke answer that doesn't really count because he was kind of already famous. But um, early on, Marvel um, in the bullpen bulletins, they uh, they had a feature called Hunk of the Month. Yeah, I remember uh, Hunk of the Month. <laughs> uh, there was only ever one hunk of the month. Like they, 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 they made it sound like it was going to be like a regular monthly thing, but there was only ever one hunk of the month, hunk of the month. And the only, the best first and only hunk of the month was John Romita jr. Yeah. 
And this was before he hit it big, drawing like X Men. That has followed and, him for years. Oh yeah, people still bring it up. And it's like like hunk of the month. You've got to be in your forties uh, or or like a, a a deep dive in comic bin comic fan to know about the hunk of the month, right? And um, so like I was a fan of John Romita Jr. very early on when he was just like drawing normal Marvel house style before he became the way he is now. Um, but he was already like, I'm the, he's the son of John Romita. Like people already knew who he was. Yeah. Um, but my actual answer is in the mid eighties, Marvel put out this, this product. It was, um, a weird little artifact, uh, called the Marvel tryout book. Yeah. And, um, and it was, uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. It was like a big, over, it was the size of comic book art pages. Mm-hmm. So 11 by 14. Um, and uh, it was a book where you could try your hand at every step of the Marvel process from script writing to uh, penciling, to inking, to lettering. And uh, I think there may have even been pages for coloring and they had winners for each category. Yeah. And, like, uh, and there are names that you would recognize. Like Tom Grummet was one of the people, uh, he was like a runner up for uh penciler. Didn't Sam um, Keith win one of those? I don't know if Sam Keith was one of them. Like- um, but, uh, uh, one of the like Doug Hazelwood, who was a, a pretty prolific inker in the '90s, won the inking I think for for uh, the Marvel hand, uh, tryout book, or he was definitely named. But the winner, uh, like the big prize, was like who's going to be the next hot artist, right? Obviously, that's the one everybody cares about. And so the winner of best of penciler, the winner of the Marvel tryout contest, was Mark Bagley. Oh wow! And. <clears throat> So Mark Bagley uh, immediately got a, a, a job as a, I don't know if it was part of the prize or what, but he got a job. Uh, he did fill-ins here and there. He drew some new universe stuff. My first exposure to Mark Bagley was uh, the New Warriors, obviously. Uh, that's where I first saw his work, but he was popping up years before. Um, he did a, he did a couple of guest issues of web of Spider-Man, which was at the time, my favorite Spider-Man title. And so like from before Mark Bagley was the guy that drew every Marvel comic, he was just this guy that won a contest and his art at the time looked kind of unlike anything else. Um, in a, in a different way than like Jim Lee did or Rob Liefeld did. It was just like, it was very good superhero stuff, but it was dynamic and, and and interesting looking. It didn't look like John Ramita. It didn't look like John Buscema. It was its own kind of unique thing. And I latched onto Mark Bagley from the moment I saw his art. I've loved Mark Bagley yeah. for his entire career. And, um, it, and so it was odd to me when this guy that I, that drew these books that I liked that not a ton of people talked about once they were over, like, uh, he moved on, he drew amazing Spider-Man, which it was a big gig. Then he drew Thunderbolts, which was a big deal. But then when he moved on, it's like, okay, well, we haven't heard from Mark Bagley in a while. And then they launched the ultimate universe. And all of a sudden Mark Bagley's artwork is on like backpacks and video game covers. That and- was all Bendis though. Bendis is like, this is the guy I need yeah, this and guy. Like, so Mark Bagley like went from this guy who did very little uh, and started small to this superstar artist. Yeah. He has had a long and varied career. And to this day, he is still like a major presence at Marvel. Yeah. Uh, and um, like, I, I just am so thrilled. Like he's so cool. Uh, and like I met, I got a chance to meet him once at wizard world in um, Chicago and he was doing sketches for the hero initiative. 
and it was for charity and I did not have the guts to ask for a speedball sketch, even though that's what I wanted in my heart of hearts. He drew me a very fast and nice Spider-Man sketch, but he was very nice about it. That's very sweet. All right. We've got a new question of the week to post for these nerds. Something for them to mull over until next Saturday. All right. This week's question is a throwback from the forums submitted by the nomad. I wonder if it's the same. No, I wonder if it's the nomadic warrior. The, I wonder if they're related. It's got to be more than a, our new Patreon. Yeah. That's got to be more than a coincidence, right? You think we got more than one nomad? I, I don't mean, know. Maybe we're big with the nomadic crowd. I don't know. I mean, that could be. Ah, hey, it could be. It's hey. hard to pin those guys down because when you look at your analytics, they're like, they're always moving around, you know? I mean, who knows? It's like, shout out, shout out, nomads. <laughs> Let us know you're out there. The nomad writes, quote, so I was thinking of how great standing pillars of truth, justice, etc. that most superheroes are. However, we don't always think about the time they make a mistake, ranging from them losing their job or ending this. relationships. I love this. And sometimes even costing innocent lives. Which particular moment do you remember where the hero or protagonist of a book just done messed up? Screwed up. I love it. This is perfect. It's timely, too, because I had a question I wanted to pose. So Aaron Rodgers came out as a friggin' lunatic this week, and <laughs> he's like my football hero. I'm a huge Packers guy. He's like, he, he hit it. Like, how did, how did nobody know? Yeah, go figure. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you date enough Hollywood crazy people and you become one. So there you go. But I wanted, yeah, I was like, okay. We all have sports heroes who have let us down. Who are your comic book heroes that have let you down? You know, and this fits really well. They got like what? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So timely, timely. Screwed up, uh, you know? Right. It's comic but heroes. But yeah, I mean, and it's like it's like Poe Buddy's Nerfect, right? It's like what, what? What's a great? What's your favorite example of a character uh, of a hero? Uh, or up. or star of a book just like made the wrong decision and it and things went bad. I love, I it. love it. We'll talk about it. Next week, right here on Cover to Cover, this Wednesday, tune in to the Cosmic Long Box where we talk about classic comics. This time, we are going to be rapping about Marvel UK, which I know very, very little about. But there's a whole Marvel universe that they kept across the pond that we were not allowed to read. (laughs) So (laughs) it's bizarre. It's weird. It's so weird how, like, I remember very rarely where, uh, where like characters would show up. Like I remember Peter David did an issue where motor mouth and kill power show up and everyone was like, who the fuck are these characters? Right. And I would love to hear like the story behind like, why, why was it separate? Was there something specifically that we were not doing in American comics that like they needed to be done for the British to get them to sell? I mean, my guess is that it's just a cultural thing. Like everybody in everybody, in in American comics is in oh, in Marvel comics is in New York, right? So right. Uh, maybe it was just like too British. Yeah, and it was a different time where they were like, all right, we'll set up an office over there and see what happens. You know, well, yeah, different production, different printing. Right. It, there yeah, was a I Marvel mean, Japan was, too, and that's how we got the Japanese Spider-Man, which is wacko. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, interesting. Interesting. I'm excited to dive in. I'm I'm not necessarily excited to read uh, some of the books because I remember how they looked. Ah, it'll be great. It, but it's, it's like a fact-finding mission, you know. It's like we we open right. we open the pyramid, and there's a long box covered in dust, and we're like, "What is this Spider-Man comics that I've never read? What the hell?" <laughs> I just hope I just hope we're not like Geraldo Rivera when he opened like Al Capone's vault or whatever, and it was empty. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, there's always maybe that. it was 
that. King Tut's Doom. I don't remember. So tune in was. for no, it was Al Capone's vault. Tune in. I think it was for the Cosmic Long Box this Wednesday. We'll be back next Saturday to play cover to cover. Be sure to go check out our Patreon extras for this month for all you patrons that support us. We can't thank you enough. We don't have a show without you. You're the best. But right now we are done. My name is Matt Bomb. My name is Joe Patrick, and this is the Two Headed Nerd signing off. <laughs>